Welcome to Blunt Blowing Mama podcast. I'm your host, Shanitria, and this is a podcast about all things cannabis and parenthood. Yep, I'm a mom. I got two kids. I'm 31 years old and I got a man. We've been together for over eight years and I decided I'm going to do a podcast and I'm just going to talk all about weed and being a mom. (laughs) So that's what I'm doing. That's been really great. That's been really fun. Then I started interviewing people and just some people who are doing really dope things in the cannabis industry. And I said, you know what, next I want to talk to you. So I put a call out on Blunt Blowing Mama's Instagram page and I heard back from so many of you guys who were interested in being on the Blunt Blowing Mama podcast as a guest and share your story. And now this is for you guys to hear. I cannot fucking wait for you guys to hear these women, these moms, their stories. You're going to be blown away. This is so good. I'm not even going to talk anymore. Let's just get into it. Welcome to season two of Blunt Boy Mama podcast. My name is Tiffany. I am 31 years old. I will be 32 in November and I live in the state of Virginia. VA. Yes, Scorpio. I am Scorpio. (laughs) I have been married for almost four years, November the 14th. I have a two-year-old daughter and I am currently pregnant with my second child, which is another girl, help me Lord, that is due in December. About my upbringing, I was raised in a Christian household. My dad was a pastor, my mom an evangelist, you know, my grandmother. My whole family is basically in the church, going to church every Sunday. Um, But even with that being said and being raised in the church, my parents never kept me in a bubble. They let me go out. They let me make my own mistakes and they never push or try to force feed me religion. So I always tell my parents and, you know, I would tell my dad, you know, I'm just so thankful for that, that it wasn't like forced on me. And um, they're the type of parents that even though they may not agree with certain lifestyles or some of the things that people do, they still love them anyway. So, I mean, I was raised up in a very loving home. Well, cannabis viewed in my home, of course, my parents grew up old school, so it was actually known as reefer or even worse, dope. Um, I mean, to them, it was drugs and it was seen as a no-no. And even during that time, it was kind of seen as a gateway drug. And I'm like, you know, no parents, people that want to smoke crack, they just want to smoke crack. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I've never had a desire to do anything else. Um, but, uh, it was just seen as, you know, like, um, something that criminals did. It was seen as bad. And, um, just going back to why I say crack, because, you know, in our black communities, that's what a lot of the people chose to do was to smoke crack. So back then, you know, they were seen as drug addicts and criminals and not as nowadays they're seen as people who have a sickness, all the people that are, that are on opioids and things like that. But yeah, it was seen as a no, no, something that you don't do. 
Well, the first time that I smoked weed, I really didn't know how to inhale. So I didn't know what the fuss was about. I didn't get all the feelings that my friends were telling me that you feel. But um, after I learned to inhale, I was like, oh, wow, like (laughs) I feel great. (laughs) I don't feel as agitated. You know, I feel really calm. I feel like I could concentrate and I could slow down. So it was just something that I tried and I loved. I love the way it made me feel. It made me relax and just not be so uptight about everything. The first time that I actually got high from smoking weed, I was actually with an ex-boyfriend of mine and he taught me how to inhale and we were sitting in a car. I was in college during this time and yeah, I was like, wow, like (laughs) this feels pretty good. So that was like my first time um, doing that. And after that, like I was hooked. I was like, okay, yeah, I need to do this every day. It wasn't as bad as people made it out to be. It wasn't a drug where you feel like, okay, afterwards you want to go try heroin or crack or anything like that. Um, It didn't make you like my mom would say, you know, you don't want to smoke that reefer because it makes you bounce off the walls and stuff. And I didn't feel like that. I'm like, actually, ma, I just feel like sitting down um, and doing nothing. But Yeah, so it wasn't what the media portrayed it to be or what the adults in my life portrayed to be. It was completely different. Well, my mom now knows about my CBD usage. She doesn't really know to the extent of my usage with cannabis. Um, I do plan on opening up a little bit more to her about that. But, you know, I've been talking to my mom more about marijuana and just trying to get her to see like a different side of it and letting her know that, you know, back in her day, they said this about weed because it wasn't taxed. They didn't want people to know about the medicinal benefits of it. They wanted to demonize certain groups of people, which were people of color. Uh, when re- in reality, the people of color were just the ones that were stereotyped about it. But there were plenty of people who were not of color who were smoking this. Um, but, yeah, I just wanted to educate her more. I actually got her using some of the CBD oil to kind of help with some of the pains that she's been having. And she's actually been enjoying it. Um, some of my family know, but not all of them. Some of my f- friends know. Most of my friends know. Well, she is more like, well, I don't agree with the whole getting high of it. And I'm like, well, mom, I agree with all forms of it. However you take it, I agree with it. But um, I think she's understanding more. She's done her own research. She's seen the benefits of how it's helped her and her body. So I think she's getting more of an understanding about it, which, you know, I just feel like I'm such an advocate for it. I had to start being open with my mom about it. So I really do think she's starting to understand. Over the years, I use cannabis quite frequently. If not every day, it was every other day. Now my consumption has changed definitely since I've been pregnant. Um, And also, it doesn't take me as much to get to where I need to be. I feel like my tolerance has gone down a little bit since I've gotten older. Um, But I consume the way I consume cannabis has changed because 
uh, there's just so many things out there now. You can vape, you can do edibles, you can do oils, you can do CBD oils. So, um, but my favorite is always, you know, rolling up and enjoying it that way. But again, being in Virginia, which is an illegal state, you know, you just have to be mindful and careful because it's still illegal here. And so, like, you just have to watch. You're back. You can still get arrested for it. So, yeah, just being mindful of all those things as well definitely changes the way that you consume cannabis when you're in a state where it's illegal. It's really scary. It's still scary. I mean, just that you can still, it just amazes me how in some states that it's illegal, but, you know, in certain states, you can still go to jail for it. In Virginia, it doesn't matter, like, the amount that you have. You could have you know, the smallest amount and it still could be considered a possession of weed and you can still go to jail for that. And so um, it's very scary. It makes you sometimes not want to partake in usage of cannabis, but it's so helpful. Like it, it just, it's a medicine and people who are able to consume this in legal states, they should just be so thankful that they don't have to worry about, you know, really watching their backs or that kind of thing. It's it's a very scary thing. I mean, and even seeing like some of my friends from growing up who still have like records from this and it's hard for them to get jobs. And I mean, it still affects people to this day. There are people that are still locked up for this. And so... You know, we definitely have to do better with getting it out there and getting these states to legalize this and to, you know, expunge the records of people who have gone to jail for it. I did use cannabis before my first pregnancy and before my second pregnancy. Um, During my first pregnancy, I was a lot more cautious because, of course, it was the first pregnancy. and um. You know, you just want to make sure you do everything right. First time mommy syndrome. And, you know, you just are being extra cautious. But I was really, really sick with my first pregnancy as I was with my second pregnancy. But with my first pregnancy, I could barely even keep water down. And so um, they were just trying to give me a lot of medicines, over the counter medicines. And, you know, that wasn't helping. And. Um, I didn't start using cannabis during my pregnancy until later on in my first pregnancy. So basically, I dealt with the sickness and just pretty much felt like I was dying my first pregnancy. (laughs) With my second pregnancy, I had to have a conversation with my husband because he does not use cannabis, but he knows that I use it. And I did have to have a heart to heart with him. And I was very sick with this pregnancy, throwing up and and just feeling tired, not being able to get out of the bed. With my first pregnancy, it was just my husband and myself. But with this second pregnancy, I have a whole toddler at home. So I still have to be a mommy. I still have to get up and take care of her. And so I couldn't just lay in the bed, even though I wanted to. And I had to have a heart to heart with my husband. And let him know, like, look, the overcounted medicine that the doctors are giving me are not helping me at all. And I still need to function. 
And so I just kind of talked to him and just said, you know, this is a decision that I want to make. I hope that you are okay with it. I will only use it for as a medicine, not as like a recreation, but really just to keep me well and to keep me going and to keep me functioning. And so I used edibles and I feel like that made so much of a difference. It didn't take all of the nausea away, but it definitely made it better so that I could get up out of the bed and do things with my daughter and not feel like a bad mom. I mean, I was just terrified of even taking a lot of those different prescription drugs that the doctors were giving me because now they're even saying that Zantac, something that they've been given to pregnant women since forever for their heartburn and indigestion now has like some impurities that can cause cancer. And it's like, "Mm." so you're giving me something for myself that is could potentially be passed on to my baby. And now it has impurities that can cause cancer. And they're just like, you know, whoops, sorry. And I was more scared of taking the medicine that the doctors gave me than using cannabis. Well, I think he trusts my judgment and he's also done his own research because I said, I want you to look online and tell me a case where they said that marijuana has affected someone or someone has died from an overdose. You can't find that. And so um, I think he's done his own research. He knows that I'm not going to put my baby in harm's way. I'm not going to do anything that I feel is going to hurt my baby. And so I feel like he trusted my judgment. And just by me saying, you know, I'm just using this as medicine. So I think that helped. It was, I was actually induced. So they just kind of came to me and was like, hey, you want to have a baby on Wednesday? And I'm like, okay. So I feel like it was really calm, really exciting. I wasn't rushing around. It wasn't like my water broke and I was frantic. But the days leading up to my pregnancy, I was I was calm. And yeah, it was a good experience. Well, during my pregnancy, I was, I mean, during my labor and delivery, I felt really supported. I had my mom and my husband in the room. Um I, (laughs) they gave me Pitocin. The Pitocin did not work. And then they did the pill, which I guess they put that near your cervix. And um, I went to sleep and then I woke up in like excruciating pain and I'm trying to tell the nurse, like, I feel like I'm contracting. And she's like, no, you're just cramping from the medicine. So then I feel like this big pop. And I'm like, I think my water broke. And she's like, no, you just peed on yourself. So I'm looking at my mom and I'm like, mom, something is wrong. Like as much pain as I was in, if this is not contractions, I don't know what this is. So once the lady checked me, her eyes got really big and she was like, you're about to have the baby. I'm like, you think? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was almost at 10 centimeters when she checked me. Um, but they, yeah, I was in so much pain. But they still gave me the epidural. Um, and then 30 minutes of pushing, I was done. But I felt really supported with my mom being there and my husband being there, even though he was about to pass out and hit the floor. 
it was a, a beautiful experience. And my dad passed away two months before my daughter was born from prostate cancer, which had spread. And that's one of the reasons why I'm such an advocate for cannabis, just what it does for cancer patients and how it helps them and the benefits of that. And so he passed away two months before she was born and she was born a day before his birthday. It was it was just a very special moment. We were all in tears. So it was a beautiful day. It was a nurse that I was talking to and I was trying to explain to her all of these things going on with my body. And she was just like disregarding them. Like, no, that's not happening. You're just cramping. No, that wasn't your water breaking. And I'm like, I know I haven't experienced this before, but I'm pretty sure, you know, that I wasn't just peeing on myself. And so, you know, I looked at my mom and I'm like, mom, something is wrong. And she said, please give her the epidural. Like somebody just please help get her calm. And once I got the epidural, I was nice to everybody after that. (laughs) I was like, oh, hey, everybody. How are you? Yes, let's get this show on the road. So I was just really glad that my mom was there because my poor husband, like he was just going through because he needed a bed to himself to lay down. So I can't say that he was too helpful, but he tried his best. So because like when I was pushing and when I was about to give birth, um, they asked, did you want do you want to have a mirror so you can see? And I'm like, sure. So they have the mirror down there and I'm looking And then I just see the nurse just slide the mirror to the left. And I'm like, well, why is she taking the mirror away? And something told me to look back and check on him. And he's like standing in the corner, shaking with his head up in the air. (laughs) He did not want to see what was going on. So I think the nurse was like, let me move this mirror before this man passes out. Yeah. So, but bless his heart. He tried his best. She just slid the mirror to the left, like, okay, I see he's about to pass out. (laughs) Again, after my baby, it was just a happy moment because, like I said, she was born a day before uh, my dad's birthday. So I felt like that was his birthday gift or, you know, she was his birthday gift. And um, so it was just a happy time. And I would say that I resumed my cannabis use because I did breastfeed maybe a month after delivery, if that, but definitely about a month. Just because I was just so focused on being a new mom, like, and again, like in Virginia, it's not like you can go to a store and go pick it up. Like you actually have to have somebody that you get it from. (laughs) So it's like you have to know that person. The person has to be close by because we can't just go to a store and say, hey, can I have that? So uh, accessibility as well. No, I didn't. uh, During breastfeeding, um, I breastfed my baby exclusively for maybe the first three months. And then when I went back to work, like my milk supply began to go down. So then I would do breast milk and formula. I would mix the two. And then when she was about six months, I did exclusive formula. I just stopped breastfeeding. But I had no worries about if the cannabis would harm my baby at all. There was no doubt in my mind. I knew she was going to be okay. 
My baby was born. I felt like I was in a whirlwind. I really went into a state of depression. I was working like crazy. I was getting up early, had to be to work by seven. And there's a lot of traffic for me to get to work. So sometimes that would be over an hour drive, maybe two hours if the traffic was super crazy. Having to leave my baby when I wanted to be home with her. So, and then with my dad just passing, um, not that long before she was born. I really started the grieving process after she was born because before then it was just so much going on. So just dealing with that, um, helping my mom with her emotions over the passing of my dad. So I'm dealing with her emotions as well, which is taking a toll on me. It just, it was a lot. I was definitely in not the best place at that time, but I did the best that I could you know, with me being a new mom and, and trying to do the best that I can for my baby. And I just, um, I feel like, well, I know that cannabis has helped me so much during that time. I feel like I would have been way worse off without it. Well, with this pregnancy, that's when I really had the conversation with my husband, when I just said, look, I, I need something besides this over the camp, besides the stuff that the doctors is giving me because it's not working. And so with my first pregnancy, I was a little bit more cautious. So if I used cannabis, it was later in my pregnancy. With this pregnancy, I feel like I was sicker than I was with my first pregnancy. So I started my cannabis usage earlier, but it was just in edible form. And it was only when I felt sick. So with it's just, it's just different. I feel more comfortable with cannabis with this pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And I still plan on being because I was induced with the first one and it was just smooth sailing. I wasn't running around panicking. My blood pressure wasn't up. I did ask my doctor if we could also induce with this baby. I was 37 weeks. That was due to my blood pressure. I only had one high blood pressure reading. And I told the lady that I've always kind of had my blood pressure go up and down. And I had ate some something really salty that day. The doctor was not listening to me. At this doctor's office, you would see a different doctor every time you went. So you really didn't build a relationship with one doctor. So this doctor sent me to a high risk specialist. This was her first time meeting me. She knew nothing about me. And so I'm paying two doctor's bills because I'm going to the regular doctor's office. And then I'm going to a high risk doctor's office just for one blood pressure reading. After that, my blood pressure was perfectly fine. And, you know, I feel like they just wanted to induce me just for convenience at that time. But this go around, I made sure that I wanted to go to one doctor and a doctor that I was comfortable with that I knew would listen and hear me when I said things. I have the best doctor. She's Lebanese. And so she's just really understanding and just calm. She listens. She hears. So I'm very comfortable. I have to drive a little further to get to her, but I feel like that con, you know, that pro, uh, the the pros definitely outweigh the cons. And so I traveled to go see her. She's so worth it. Because you just want to feel comfortable with talking to them. And I feel like I can ask her anything. Well, most of the questions that I need to ask. 
again because of the state we're in. So I'm just, uh, I'm still very cautious about who I tell that to um, and that kind of thing. But by me wanting to be an advocate, I know I have to start being more open, but I still am very cautious at this moment. As my children get older, I plan on being very open with my children about it and the benefits of it and why mommy feels like this is a a great plant to have. Um, Like they're still little at this time when my daughter's still little, my other daughter's not born yet. Um, So I'm not going to use around them. Um, But as they grow, we are definitely going to have that conversation and just. Well, I just kind of want to tell them again, like the benefits of it, why I feel like it's such a good plant. I Because again, we are in a state where it's illegal. I want them to be open if they try it. I don't want them to feel scared to come to me and let me know, you know, well, hey, mom, this is what I want to try or that kind of thing. I want to open up that relationship because you have to be open with your kids nowadays. They have to be able to come to you and tell you what's on their minds. And so I just want to tell them, like, if I had known what I know now of how this plant helps cancer patients, like I definitely would have been pushing for that for my dad. I also had a grandmother who had pancreatic cancer and she passed away as well. So just knowing that it's near and dear to me because I've seen what cancer can do to cancer patients and like you have this this plant that even if it doesn't heal them or cure them it gives them a better quality of life and I think that's amazing the advice that I have to other women who are considering using cannabis I would just say do it do it do it like some people will say you know it's not for me or I tried it and I don't like the way it makes me feel but I feel like you just haven't had the right strand or you haven't consumed it in the right way like you have to test it out and see what works for you but I say just try it find what works for you find the strand that works for you what I would say to someone who thinks that moms who smoke weed are bad moms or that it's addictive is I would tell them, well, there are a lot of things that are legal in all states that can be addictive, such as like alcohol and opioids that are prescribed by doctors, <laughs> things that are over the counter that can be addictive. There are things that are worse for your body. Um, and can really make you not a great parent. And I would just let them know my own experience with it, that I feel like I'm a better mom when I use cannabis. Like if I have used cannabis and I was irritated before, after that, I'm just as calm. My daughter could knock over like a whole gallon of milk and I would be like, it's okay, honey. We all make mistakes. Like, just come over here and help mommy clean this up. It's okay. We're just going to be a little bit more careful next time. (laughs) So I feel like it makes me a better mom. It makes me stop. It makes me think. It makes me calm. So, yeah, I would tell them don't knock it until you try it. Right. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. Like, it's like you don't even worry about it. Like, even major things, you're just like, yeah, it's okay. 
You know, you just go with the flow, go with the flow. And sometimes I am one of the people that does not go with the flow. If things do not go in order like A, B, C, D, it can really frazzle me. So like cannabis definitely helps with that. I don't. I I really, what has cannabis done for my life? Um, I feel like it has just helped me in so many ways. When I use cannabis, like I feel happier, I'm calmer, I'm more in tune to the things around me and the people around me and their feelings. And I know this may seem weird when I say this, but I actually feel more spiritual and I feel closer to the almighty when I use cannabis. And I know some people are like, well, that's weird, but I do. I feel just more centered and more spiritual when I smoke cannabis. And I don't see myself stopping using cannabis. I feel like even if it's just like use of a CBD oil, as I get older, I will always have some form of cannabis in my life. That's how I feel. I definitely feel like it it makes me want to give my husband some a lot more. (laughs) Um, uh, For me, I feel like it's an aphrodisiac. And so, you know, yes. (laughs) <laughs> to me, it is. I feel that way. Um, so my husband is definitely happy after I have, you know, partaken in some cannabis. But, you know, as a woman, like I just I feel, like I said, more spiritual when I smoke cannabis. And as a mom, I feel like I'm a better mom. I'm calmer. The little things don't stress me out just because something is not in the right place or something has gotten dirty that I just cleaned. I just feel a little bit more calmer. So, oh my goodness. I know. (laughs) I know I am. Help me. Help me, Lord. I'm going to have two girls. Oh my goodness. Two girls. I'm just like, help me. My husband said he's about to get a dog. He's going to get a male dog because I said, you're going to be stuck in the house with all these women. I was like, you're going to be the one that needs to smoke some weed. Like, (laughs) I know they are. They are. But the attitudes. Oh, Oh, my goodness. Help me. Help me. I'm like, she's so spoiled. It was like, well, I wonder who she gets it from. I'm like, not me. Who are you talking about? Growing up with the um, with it being illegal in Virginia, with cannabis being illegal in Virginia, and just, you know, how hopefully that will change soon. Um, and just the stigma around it and how so many of our people of color are still locked up over it. And, you know, when you see these Instagram pictures and, you know, these people that are just, you know, have their little blunts, it's still kind of sad to know there are still people that are locked up over over it and how, you know, even in Virginia, stoners are still seen as lazy people. They're still seen as people who really don't add much to society, even though we have all of this research. 
Um, and a lot of that comes from because in Virginia, you're not able to go to the store and find a strand that works for you. So a lot of what you have is based on what the person that you get from what they have. So it could be a strand that makes your body heavy or makes your body sleepy or tired. So hopefully that will change where people can actually go to a store everywhere and just be able to get what they need in the doses that they need. And we can change this stigma around, you know, cannabis use in all states. It's nothing like smoking a blunt and or, you know, having cannabis and just really having like a deep conversation. I'm so irritable, like everything irritates me. And it's like when I'm on cannabis, it's like it it doesn't matter. Hi, my name is Tiffany. I am a mom of one and a half kids. I have a two-year-old and one on the way in December, and I love cannabis. And no, it does not make me a bad mom. It actually makes me the greatest mom that my babies can have. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Blunt Boy Mama podcast. This is season two. I am so happy to be bringing this to you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I can't wait for you guys to hear next week's episode, which will be airing next Thursday. Yeah. (laughs) If you like what you're hearing, then you should definitely share this podcast with a friend, with a cousin, with a family member. (laughs) And if you really feel in it, you know, if you like it, then you should leave a review on it. If you like it, then you should leave a review on it (laughs) on Apple Podcasts. That is where you are able to rate and review this podcast. If you enjoy it, I would love that. Thank you in advance if you are, which I know you are doing that. (laughs) Also, follow Blunt Boy Mama on Instagram. Follow Blunt Boy Mama on Twitter. Follow BBM Clothing Line on Instagram, which is Blunt Blowing Mama merch. That's where you can shop it, buy it, cop it, tag me in it, tag BBM Clothing Line in it and get featured on Blunt Blowing Mama's page. Yeah, check it out. You guys are already loving it, but I love it too. So like, of course you guys are going to love it. I would not be giving y'all something that's like shit. It's not shit. It's the shit. It's dope. Some dope ass merch. So you should definitely check it out. And you can also like Blunt Blowing Mama on Facebook. You can become a Blunt Boy Mama patron by clicking the link at the top of the page on bluntboymama.com backslash podcast. Y'all, you know I'm high. (laughs) And once you do that, you'll see a link at the top of the page that says page that says click here to become a Blunt Boy Mama patron. And there you can sign up and for as little as $2 <laughs> and you can get up to three extra episodes of the podcast a month. You get shout outs here on the podcast. You will also get free merch. I mean, need I say more? You're able to communicate with me directly. Come on. So it's really, it's a good deal. And at the end of the day, you know that you're supporting a black woman's podcast, a black mom's podcast. And it means the world to me to have the support of the patrons I do have. Thank you so much, you guys. And I appreciate all of you guys' support and everything and all the love and all the messages. I read them all. Um, So thank you so much for all of your support. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Bye.